All right, buddy. Welcome to lap 12. Number 12. My wife's favorite number, my might add. Why? Is it Tom That's Brady? my favorite number. That was, it's Tom that, was her, that was her basketball. Oh, no. It's Tom Brady. Oh, I hope not. Yeah, I hope not, dude. Dave Blaney. Why wouldn't it? No. I mean, I guess it's an acceptable answer. <laughs> was it Mayfield back in the day? Yeah, it was Jerry Mayfield. It's all That was good. <laughs> in the Dodge. Lap 12. Sorry, Antonio. Derailed it. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. The Ryan Blaney episode, I wish. Unfortunately, yeah. unfortunately not. You will get we'll, one day. One day, man. <laughs> All right. Um, we want to run through some NASCAR, I guess. Good old Martinsville Speedway grandfather clock on the line. I always thought that way, was cool how they do that. Always thought that so was cool. cool. I was just thinking that, man. I love like unique trophies and stuff. I think that's so cool. Uh, but anyways... Uh, crazy stuff. It was a good race uh, overall. Uh, from what I saw from the highlights, I don't think any of us got around to watching it, unfortunately. I was away for the weekend in good old Yakima, Washington, Dust Town. So uh, getting dust blown in my face for four days straight. How'd it go? Um, Wait, how'd it go? A, it, was, it was all right, man. It was, it was a, so uh, I, I didn't race. My sister races. She races quarter midgets for anybody who don't know. Um, so she was doing that. Uh, it was one of the regional races, so kind of cool because it's for points and stuff. Really, really important. Uh, when she's not typically someone who does like amazing, she's a pretty good racer, but she's not like a one winning every race, clapping cheeks kind of thing. So, uh, she she was doing really good, man. I'm not gonna lie. We have this. Uh, it's called the half class, and it's kind of like an unrestricted class. Uh, and you can run it once you're 17, or you you can run it whenever you want. But if you're about to age out of the sport, because you can only run till you're 18. Uh, just I think it's like an insurance thing because they only insure kids or something like that. Um, and, you know, they want to get you up and out of the ladder. But uh, anyways, moving on. This half class is like unrestricted. So we built this like crazy karting motor and uh, like billet. It's, it's basically a Briggs and Stratton world formula. And the things billet like everything. And it's Dang. sick. It makes dumb power down the straight. So anyway, she was kicking ass. She was like qualified third. Um, and then she like literally in two laps after the race started, she was on pole or like, like she was winning led about like 15 to 20 laps. And then, uh, she had unfortunately a self spin cause this tracks a flat track and it's super dusty there. So as soon as you get out of the racing groove, yeah. it's like super dusty. So she dipped her right rear tire in the dust and it just went around, which was crappy. She never was able to recover back up to first. I don't even actually end up nowhere. Ended up, uh, I don't even know where she ended up finishing somewhere at midfield, but. It was, uh, it was fun, man. It was a good time. It was uh, dusty. Glad I don't got to go to that place ever again, though. I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm really happy that was the last time going there. Um, excited to see how I guess the rest of the season goes. This engine seems strong as hell, so I'm super stoked about that. When's your next race? I am coming up at the end of the month, so I believe April 29th. We should actually get to race this time. I'm hoping there's going to be no rain. I mean, I'm going whether or not there is rain. We do run in the rain. I just chose not to last time because... Again, yeah. I don't want to ra- ruin my car and be out the whole season, race one. So, Yeah, right. No reason to. Anywho, that's exciting. Uh, back into NASCAR, though. Uh, so what do we got? So Priest, Ryan Priest won stage one. He was doing really good. All race. I'm not even going to lie. I think he was in the top, like, uh, Dave's Crescent is Jeff Gordon thing, which I don't blame him. Jeff Gordon's sexy. I love the guy, too. Jeff, so. your glasses <laughs> are so small, but your heart Anyways. is so big. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Uh, Kevin Harvick took stage two and uh, 
Kyle Larson got stage three, which was cool. I know uh, Mike Joy was talking about something about Larson and the number five and the number five being like something that put Hendrick on the board, however, so many years ago. So cool Barry stuff. Barry Labonte that he got in the Kellogg's in. car. Hey, there you go. Norm, good old Normie from I remember 19, back in the day. <laughs> from 1963, I was there. I was in person. <laughs> but, uh. No, it was, a, it was a pretty good race overall. Ryan Priest got shafted by his uh, speeding penalty, which derailed his Again. Uh, awesome day, which is unfortunate. I know there's been lots of speeding penalties this year. I don't know why that seems to be a common reoccurring theme. Um, hey, I did call it earlier, though. Priest, I called it. You did. I remember you saying something about Priest, actually. Go so. listen to the other episodes. I'm telling you, Priest was my boy. I didn't know if he'd do it this year, but, man, he looks good. And that team looks strong, too. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Uh, Chase Elliott was back in the car, too. Cool to see. He got, I think, somewhere in the top 10 there near the bottom. Uh, so that's cool after his injury there. And uh, what else? Oh, yeah, Harvick. Actually, that was his first stage win since 2020. So That was exciting. If you're Did wondering if he's fallen off, he has. No, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah he has. <laughs> Technically. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was, uh, it was cool to see my man back up there. I mean, I'm not a huge Harvick guy, but I know he's he's been around. He's one of the last few old guys in the field. So, and I call, Hey, I called Priest. I'm still calling Harvick. I think he's going to win this year. I, I think hope so he too. does. It'd be, it'd be good. It'd be cool to see him win, man, on his last year. I mean, nobody wants to see you lose every race your last season or something like that it's not not exactly ideal he's a great driver so i'm sure he'll get up there at some point and have his time to shine we're headed to dega next week so that'll dega, be cool baby. in norman's backyard maybe his front yard i don't know i think barbara's in his backyard so i'm sure dega's in his front yard side yard yeah side there you go. <laughs> he got the house on the he got the corner lot <laughs> <laughs> i like i like i'll say it i think plate racing is exciting i'm excited for talladega I know that I know, but no, I, I'm I'm hyped for it. It's I'm hyped for it until about halfway through, and I go, man, Antonio's right. They need to lower these lap counts. Yeah, but no, I, I like you it. Take downforce off the car and just let them. You have to drive the car. Could do. Don't that let too. it stick in the turns. You can do that too. I'll probably hop in on i racing. It's so fun in i racing. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh, I yeah, should get on that too. Oh, it's yeah, so much fun together. That would be a good time. Yep. We got to all see what our rating, I ratings are. I don't even know what the hell mine is on Oval now. Oh, hell, let's go unofficial. You know there's going to be a bunch of them out there. We'll just jump into yeah. some trash. Yeah, that's a, that's our, a good point. Or we can do some officials and do, like, spotting for each other. Yeah. Oh, that's true. That's a fun time, too. Oh, we know that. I ain't, spot, I ain't spot, crew chiefs. Three wide. I ain't spotting no 200 wide. lap race, though, let me tell you. No, it needs to be, like, a 70 lap race, like, one pit stop. It's all good. We're going to be out the first caution anyway. I was getting ready to say, guys, if we try to race again, we'd all be trying to be at the front. It'd be over in no time. We've seen how it went in Camping Universe. Yeah, it wasn't good. I had terrible luck at those tracks in Camping Universe. Did, weren't those, wasn't that where your only win came from? Yeah, I won at Daytona. I won at Talladega. Yeah, which too. Jared still doesn't think I won. Terrible luck. One of those races. I could leave. I could be up front all race and still would have get wrecked out. Yeah, you're pretty talented. I think the <laughs> highest I ever placed in that stupid league was fifth, but I did get a pole one time in the trucks at Vegas somehow. Somehow. You got a pole? That's impressive. I did. I did. <laughs> yeah. We were, we were, Marshall sent me a message. He went back and watched, I guess, the final season I did with Camping Universe. 
when I do y'all remember um Nick Wing that I had that issue with? Nicholas Wing. Oh yeah. oh yeah, yeah, I do remember that guy. And Marshall's like, how did you get in trouble for that final uh, at Martinsville, the final? I was like, I think it was two wrongs don't make a right, but he dumped me. He wrecked me at Atlanta, he wrecked me at Nashville, and he wrecked me at Martinsville. I didn't wreck him at Martinsville. Then he came back and intentionally wrecked me. Two wrongs don't make a right, but three lefts do. Yeah, I guess uh, while we're while we're on the topic of uh, sim racing and people wrecking each other out and stuff, I guess I better run through the uh, League Zero final race of the season that happened last Thursday. Um, it was a good race, from what I was told. We had a little bit lower turnout than we wanted to, with only fourteen guys showing up. But you know what? Nevertheless, all the contenders that were important were there, and uh, you know what? It was it was a good time. We had. Um, I tried to go to find last season's uh, results because I remember there was some very close similarities. But uh, Finley ended up taking his second championship, uh, which was cool. He ended up clearing it without uh, with about a 27-point lead on Reed. Reed had a pretty unfortunate race. Uh, I know he had a couple issues go on. I wasn't, again, there, unfortunately, because I was traveling. But I saw he had a couple issues from... Uh, just, you know, incident reviews we were doing as stewards and just uh, watching the broadcast and stuff. Uh, Micah came up just short of beating Reed by a point, so he was in third. So your top three went Finley, Reed, Micah. We got Ray Aguilar in fourth. Good old teammate. Love that guy. Uh, fifth, Nick Peterson, which is awesome. I think that's one of his highest yeah. places in the standings. I would just like to say he broke a five-season straight uh, losing to Antonio record finally this year, so oh, I'm proud of him. Me too. He he and he he blew me out of the water too. He got me by like 40 points or something. I had a rough I had a rough season. Job, Nick. That was overdue. I'm excited to get doing. It was overdue. I took him out like four times last year, so it was, it was due to happen at some point. It was overdue. <laughs> he, he probably would have got me last season if it wasn't for uh, you know. Me taking them out a few times. I just it's had called to. it's called self preservation, my friend. That's right. I tried to, I tried to do it at VIR. I moved him over. Actually, no. I said I think I sent him first spin. It was a it was a pretty good like Dale Earnhardt bump and run. I can't lie, but uh, yeah. No, other than that, what do we got for team championship? I think Team Goon Squad took the reins, forty nine points up on Team Runners Up, which was twelve points up on Avanti Autosport. We were uh, if I showed up last week, I mean, it would have been we could have probably we might have been able to get it, man. I don't know. I think uh, his team runners up running on one dude. I can't remember who his teammate is. Uh, team runners up is Reed and someone else who doesn't actually appear to be. Oh, Justin, Justin, which I think he dropped out midseason due to some stuff going on. But uh, yeah, no, it was close battles all around, man. Fun time. Hoping we get that field count back up for the start of the new season. Uh, I know we're gonna have we got a few new faces around. We're I'm sure gonna have a lot of old faces around too. So. Should be a good time. I don't know if you guys got more to add on that. No, it's always great. Interlagos is always a crazy race. I had a it's terrible good, race, track. but I had fun anyway. So come out and join us. <laughs> it's a fun finale. I'm taking the car out. It's a fun finale. I'm kind of excited to uh, have a change up next season and not be at Interlagos for the finale. I, I don't even think it's actually on the schedule period next season, is it? I don't think so. So it'll be that'll be a first too. So yeah, season seven set to kick off May 11th. You can uh, find all coverage on good old Team Goon Squad on YouTube. Uh, check them out, TeamGoonSquad.com. We had uh, James on last episode too. So if you get a chance, go check that one out as well. 
Uh, that was probably one of our best episodes yet. Um, yeah, you yeah. can you can register for the league on uh, leaguezero.net. I'll put a link in the description. So just scroll down and click click that old link and go to yeah, if, register. Yeah, if you're a decent racer, come for the action. If you're not, I'm going to show up for a few races next uh, next season so you can race in the back with me. Yeah, I'm hoping to be back next year for the second half of the season too. Heck yeah. We knew you'd come back. <laughs> it was just a matter of time. You can't, can't stay keep away from MSR down. <laughs> you left voluntarily. I know. <laughs> now I got to make he a whole can't announcement. Even keep himself down. Now he's got to make a whole announcement about how he's coming back and never press conference. Back. I'm not coming back fully. I'm just coming. I, I can't even start till June. Mustard Seed Racing is pleased to announce. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm coming for. <laughs> so. No. Um, I'd like to touch on a um, post that I saw on Facebook today, too. Uh, we're going to post the video in our Discord and a link. But there was getting to the grassroots racing. There's a lemons race that I'm not sure when it happened. Let me get the date on that. It was on April 2nd um, this year. And it was a rollover. Driver gets into the grass, slides into some gravel, and does a slow rollover. And... I think he, I think if we watched the video and timed, I think he's out in 45 seconds getting out of the car, but he had to take his helmet off because the roll cage collapsed just a little on the rollover. And is, go ahead. I have to ask, is that normal for these cars? I thought they would have some kind of a strict roll cage that they would have to have. They I did do. watch the video that you did post, yeah. They do. Uh, you're supposed to be, it's very strict roll cage rules. But also at the same time, you're putting your own roll cage in. And these yeah. these people are teching 80 cars a weekend. They can't do scans on welds and stuff like that. And your, dot, your, um, your thickness, you can't tell what really the, th the true thickness of the roll cage is. Mm-hmm. Um, just as long as the outer diameter is the same outer diameter it's supposed to be, you don't know what the inner diameter is of the roll cage. But it so does still, look like... Go ahead. So you're, so you're self-regulating yourself pretty much on that kind yeah. of stuff. It's like, for me, when we build our cars, safety is our number one key. Yeah. When they came out with the um, fire suppression system regulation where we had to run one, they gave us a year warning before it happened. I was kind of like, oh, that's, you know, that's, that's tough. We got to buy all this equipment now. And then I was like, this just makes you safer. Who cares? So I'm very keen on safety. We got, we raced five races and finally they caught a roll cage violation on one of our, at one of our races on our car. And we missed all of practice pretty much because of, we were fixing that failure in the, thing it made me mad at first but then by the time we got it all fixed and we missed practice i was like dude he's just looking out for our safety yeah totally you know and so so i get it 
I've looked into the roll cage specifications for lemons because I was thinking about trying to build a car two years ago. And basically, if you just hand that sheet to a reputable metal shop and welder, like it's the specs are not that hard to follow. But I think that, yes, they want you they want everyone to be safe. But I guess like my problem with it is, is like racing at its heart is unsafe. Like, yeah, and that's where we're we're going with this conversation. Um, there has to be, yeah, there has to be a threshold. It's like safety for skydiving. Like, like, I mean, there's, it's not, everything is totally preventable because at the end of the day, you're hurtling down a straightaway in a metal coffin at 200 miles an hour. So, and in this video, in the post, some of the people said that's scary. What if the car was on fire, you know, starts playing the what if games. And I guess really what I'm trying to get at is even if you're grassroots racing in lemons, it's, yes, it's look to be safe. We're supposed to be out there having fun. We're not getting paid to do this. It's just like a sim league on a Thursday night, except we paid for these cars. We don't want to wreck them. Unfortunately, he did slide. He did a rollover. It looks like in a gravel trap. Cage collapsed just a little, and he had to take his helmet off, but he was out of the car. He did, in my opinion, he did everything right. Did the cage save his life? Huh? Did the cage save his life or not? It did. Well, then he didn't panic. You can see how calm he was getting out of the car and climbing out. He realized he couldn't get out with his helmet on. He took his helmet on and got out. Mission accomplished. Yeah, I think that people need to realize... Even if you're going lemons racing, it's still racing and it's still a very dangerous sport. They try to make it as safe as possible, but things happen. Yeah. Just ask Roman Grosjean. Yeah. You know, so that's really just what I want to touch on is, you know, if I ever get in a car, calls in a rollover, yes. Is it going to be scary? At the time, I'm just going to go uh, go through my procedure on being safe and getting out of the car. Definitely if it's on fire. Yeah, as you should. Because I, I tell people this. I get into the car every time, even in lemons racing, knowing that I might not climb back out on my own power. That's racing. Yeah. That's why. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what makes it so exciting, right? Yes. It's part yeah. of it. That's like, the adrenaline rush. That's why like, I like skydiving. It's like sailing across the ocean by yourself or whatever. Like, well, can we go back? Did you say you like skydiving, you psychopath? <laughs> <laughs> no, I said that's why. Oh, yes. I did say I like skydiving. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I like it, jumping out of perfectly good airplanes. Yeah. It's not because you like wearing heavy backpacks. That's not why you go skydiving. You know what I mean? No, I'm 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 sitting on the floor. I don't know about that. Y'all, y'all can have your skydiving. Me personally, I, I'm gonna stay on the on the earth surface uh you got you guys can keep that and antonio you you race in real life you you race legends would you like do you agree with all this uh yeah i'd I'd agree it has to be like safe to an extent like i wouldn't want them to take our legend cars that are open wheel and say hey now you gotta throw fenders on it that make it look ugly so that way you can't hop wheels and flip and potentially hurt yourself or die or something like that you know what i mean like 
there's a, there's definitely a balance between it. Like I'm not saying I want my safety at risk all the time while I'm racing. I just mean like there's a difference between taking away from the sport to be safer versus actually doing something to make it safer. For example, like something I'll I'll give you a prime example. Like when Dale Earnhardt when Dale Earnhardt passed away. Sorry, I was gonna say Junior because I'm still just saying that name. But uh, when Dale Earnhardt passed away, they mandated haunts to be mandatory now, right? Right. Um, instead of slowing the cars down, which was that, the right move. That's something was. you want. You don't want them to be like, nope, we're going to limit you guys to 180 now or 190 now because, you know, someone someone died. Yeah. Like, that's not what we want to do. You know what I mean? And, and I mean, look at look at NASCAR. Like, I feel like they've done, uh, you know, there's, you know, there's arguably we, we know we, we talk about it all the time. There's some changes that we don't like, some changes we do like. But when it comes to safety, I really think they've done a great job with it because, I mean, we haven't had somebody die in a stock car since Dale Earnhardt. That's impressive, man. That's look at that's Ryan all, Newman's wreck. I mean, yeah, look at New. I mean, Newman tried his hardest to, but I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And on top of that, how many car changes have we went through since then? And yeah, they still made them all safe. Yeah, and I mean, like, don't get me wrong. Every every sport goes through its issues. Like they're having issues with you know the rear being too stiff and not absorbing enough impact but like overall when you look at that sport i feel like they've done a lot of great things with safety that haven't necessarily taken away too much from the sport like anything that's taken away from it has more been like arrow and technology advancements not not safety advancements so i I think if you look at something like nascar i think they've done great even even formula one I mean, you know, they're missing the safer barriers and stuff that we got from NASCAR. I mean, you're not ex- going to be expected to put something like that all the way around the track. They got their flaws with their process and stuff. But you look at the car and the halo and stuff, and I think they're doing a great job. You look at IndyCar's aero screen, I think it's great. I honestly think the aero screen's better than the the halo, in my opinion. And that's just because I, I don't really want to take a bolt to the face at, you know, 300 kilometers an hour. And not have a screen in front of my face, but you know it is what it is. Stuff happens, but again, overall, I think most of the sports have done a great job with it. Would you agree, Antonio? Would you do you? And I'm I know it's a totally different thing. You're not in like what used to be a road car like I am, but do you feel safer in your race car than you do your regular car? I'd say so. Like at racing speeds, I'd rather I'd much rather crash at racing speed in my race car than be crashing in my my streetcar highway speeds yeah okay so yeah so to put it to put it that way yeah i would i would most definitely feel safer in my car with my five-point harness my hans and i mean i mean sometimes when i'm driving on the street it runs through your head like okay if i blow a tire right now i lose my brakes like where the hell am i gonna put this thing yeah where am mm-hmm. i gonna where, where am i gonna <laughs> stop this thing the fastest going down this hill right now like am i just gonna drive this into the ditch or am i just gonna try and wing it and run this thing down the hill with no brakes like you know what i mean there's just stuff like that runs through your head but i still think of impacts and i'm just like no nah, i'd much rather have a hans on right now man like i'll drive with it sure <laughs> yeah i've seen in lemons i've seen some brake failures and stuff and some guys do some pretty sketchy stuff and get away with it and me and my best friend who we've built the car we put thousands of thousand dollars into our motor and we both agree if we have a brake failure you throw that sucker in the first gear and blow the motor like just let the motor go because that's going to slow you down the quickest. If you have a, that's the only, your only hope to try to stop the car is to throw it in the first gear. I think that's a good segue into what I was going to say next is that like, I think proper training is where this comes in, right? Not just for the safety crew, but for the drivers, like you, 
you teach drivers, like you said, good procedure. Like if my car was on fire, I know how to get out or I know how to use the fire suppression system or like, like these guys know that they're signing up for an, a very dangerous sport to, to begin with. You don't need to remind them constantly. Just allow them to use their tools ultra effectively. And I think the rest is going to work itself out. It's never going to be perfect, right? I think the day that it's impossible for someone to die in a race car is the day that I stop being a racing fan. I never want someone to die in a race car. But that sounds like a sterile environment to me. You know what I mean? Where it's like a, we're 100% sure without a doubt that no one is going to get hurt. Like Where's the edge? Just like we saw in the WEC race, a Porsche flew into the stands in Portimao. Yeah. We'll talk about that later. But the like you never know. Like stuff happens. Like a guy got hit with a piece of carbon fiber in Australia and he's okay. But what if it was a one-year-old baby in a stroller? Or like who knows? But I don't want dangerous stuff to happen, but I also don't want the possibility for it to go away because that's called sim racing. Is it not? Yeah. Yeah, and we all see how stupid everybody drives when you give them no consequences. No I, I, consequences. Amen, brother. On that, I was thinking about this earlier. The one thing that I had to say about lemons races, you go, I go to the big the indie race and everything at Barber. They have medical trucks all over the track, fire trucks, stuff to get to um, to the drivers quickly. At a lemons race at Barber at CMP, and I'm pretty sure Road Atlanta too, because it's at the other two. The the paramedics. And the fire truck and the tow truck are all at the pit lane. So to get to the other side of the track, it takes them a while to get there. So these drivers are on their own for a little bit. I think they could do a little bit better about trying to get more safety crews set around their tracks. Yeah, I was going to ask about that just because the video, which I'm pretty sure Dave can probably post in the show notes a, a, a link to that or whatever so that you can kind of see what we've been talking about. But that was kind of what got me. I mean, you're sitting there counting kind of one, 1,000, two, 1,000, you know, that kind of stuff. And it's like there's no one like ducking in. Hey, man, you all right? You know, like you see it in NASCAR or F1, you know, somebody goes and checks on the driver. I did notice that, and I, I didn't really know what that was about, but that does make sense now that you say they got to come all the way around the track. But then does that kind of get into the, uh, you know, how much how much do they pay? You know, how much money do they have, I guess, to, to play around with these lemons races and these smaller league races? And that's, stuff? that's them. Do they, I think they should invest more money into it. I agree. I think there needs to be more um, safety crews around the track just by a standard. And I'm sure Antonio, even at his short track, will tell you, like, if you can't get a crew to any spot on the track within what fifteen seconds, then you need to have you need to put someone on the track somewhere where they can get there. Yeah, without a doubt, there's always uh, there, there's there's definitely some places I noticed at the road course uh, a couple years back that there was definitely some uh, so sometimes where it was like hmm kind of like far gap from the from the safety crews and where you could be at there's a, the response time's not the greatest. I mean, I mean, we could, we could always throw a supercharger on the thing and, and give it some drag slicks and call it a day, get some Pirelli super softs on there. But, <laughs> but, uh, but nah, I know what you mean though, for sure. It's the, the response it, time should be relatively close, should be relatively quick. Uh, and 
And does that make it more expensive for us to go racing? Or should the series try to eat a little bit of that cost and not make it as profitable for them themselves? It's a rough one to watch if you're not into racing. I think that's what it comes down to. Yeah. Um, some people can watch NFL football, see a big hit, and go, oh my gosh, how do these people do this stuff? Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? I think it's just we're, we're used to it. Um, it is part of the game, and that's just the way it be. It's not just, racing without wrecking. I just don't think it's a it's a and I don't like using it's not scary. Yeah, I bet you in the moment it is scary, but at the end of the day, it wasn't that bad. Everything it wasn't bad at all. We need to move on. Uh I guess we'll 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 move on to Indy at Long Beach, guys. Indy at Long Beach. And some people say it's the most prestigious indie race. Yeah, I wanted to start with that. No, not the most, the second most. <laughs> they brought that up in the broadcast, and I would like to get it. And I kind of started thinking about it at first. And I was like, uh, I don't know. But then I was like, and y'all are going to all, jaws are going to hit the ground here in a second. So get ready for this. I was like, I don't know. I was like, and I started kind of thinking through the schedule, and I was like, there really isn't one. I guess the only other one that I could argue would be Indy Road, maybe. But I'm thinking of I'm thinking of tracks. I put that Long have, Beach over Indy Road. Uh, yeah, but it's it's tracks that have had previous world champions on it. Like like Long Beach is one of those tracks that everyone wants to win. It, you know, and because it 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 is it has hosted so many both Formula One and Indy greats. Yes. Um. In in the years, so I think that. <clears throat> and in and the Indy 500 used to be basically a Formula One race, basically if you go way back, um, way back, yes. And so, like, I think that like the heart of open wheel racing comes from following in the lineage of your, you know, ancestors, if you will. So I think we all agree. Okay, we got the second most prestigious race on the calendar. We'll agree with NDC and Lee Diffie that it is. Lee Diffie. I love Lee Diffie. <laughs> I had to bring his name up just for you. I love Lee Diffie. Let's get into the discussion. I forget which lap it was on. Uh, well, let's get the start of the race. Um, Scott Dixon complaining about the start. And I kind of agree with him that they need to try to edit how they start this race. Because of how the leaders go and all the cars aren't out of the hairpin and there's cars accelerating to try to catch up when the green flag drops and the leader goes. Yeah, those two Aaron McLaren, McLaren uh, guys got a good good jump there at the first, for sure. And I, I think we need to clean that start up. Definitely if you're going to be how, the how? second most... I don't know. Maybe start the race before like coming down the straightaway to the hairpin? Yeah, like a like a there's a start line, but after everybody's out of the last turn or so I don't know. I don't know how you do it. It's it's a rough one because of that hairpin. Yeah. At the very last corn. I just think, you know, I, I kind of agree with Dixon on this one that we've got to clean that up because he was having to check up because he caught up, checked up, and then it went green. The guys behind him were already excel were on the accelerators accelerating and they just blew by him down the straightaway. I don't think there's any way to fix it. I think every league that goes there has the same issue. Somebody in the hairpins probably... Even F3. You know. Even our league racing does when we yeah. go there. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's it the the start is if we ever do a a rolling start for whatever reason, Antonio. <laughs> <clears throat> but why I, we would ever do a rolling start? Who knows? <laughs> but like, go back to the straightaway out of turn eight. You can all get them lined up, and maybe you start from there. I don't know. Yeah, I, I know it'd I be know. weird because know. now you're doing what. We're doing, I forget how many laps they run, but we'll say 85. 85 in an eighth of a lap. But at least it cleans that up so when you come out of the hairpin, you're already going. Or move the start-finish line a little bit farther down the straightaway. I know that's going to throw a little kink in there for that long run down to T1. But you're probably going to survive T1 a lot easier. Or you're going to be double file still. Yeah. That's my, you know, I don't know. That's what I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do either, but I... Just slow the cars down. I feel slow there's something down. that has to be done. <laughs> I... Because now you're looking at, hey, oh, do, am I at an advantage to not qualify for the top six if I can't get pole? And start in seventh or eighth? No. Um, but on with the Pato Award and Dixon um, debate that happened, and then going into T8, Pato Award dive bombs Scott Dixon and puts him into the tire barrier. I thought Pato was being way too aggressive. I, I agree. That move, that move was extremely uncool. I agree. I went, hey, what are you doing? <laughs> uh, I think I think he was way too far back, and this goes on to, and these guys know know my thing with committing to a turn. Turn Dixon was fully committed and he had nowhere to go. And that's why he ends up in the tire bear. Fortunately, we can go back. I don't think Dixon's issues and that race stemmed from that incident. I think because he lost oil pressure. I don't think that had anything to do with him losing oil pressure, but I don't have any facts on that, so don't fact check me on that one. It didn't feel like it. No. Yeah. Separate, separate deal. It's unfortunate, though. And I guess I never saw a ward get a penalty for that either, so I guess they called it a racing incident, which... I don't think it was. Yeah, no, that was that was a, a gross move. I don't know. It didn't. It, it was not. It was not a good move. It was stupid. And something that Dixon said in his interview that struck me was he said something to the effect of, "But if that's how the league wants us to race, then that's how it's going to be." So it makes me wonder what. If, if it's the lack of calls, because I feel like IndyCar has done a decent job other than maybe that one call at the start that we just got. Well, you also had Texas before that with Kirkland. Yeah, but it I don't, it wasn't something that I was like, hey, compared to like no, it NASCAR wasn't. and Formula One and like all these other crazy calls that we were getting. Like, I don't think IndyCar has like, gotten anything wrong. Like, I don't, I'm not sitting here going like, oh, you know, IndyCar is getting all this wrong. I can see where you can put the award Dixon incident as a racing incident, but I also can, I, I don't lean that way. So 
I agree. It just with makes you. me wonder. It makes me wonder what talk is going on in the background with the drivers about their expectations of how they should race each other, or if it's like this old, old guy, new guy, you know, Cars three movie situation. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> I think but, what we're yeah. seeing, and. Antonio can, I think, can touch on this more because me and him have talked about it. I'm more of the old school racer where you race me like you want to be raced. And I'm not going to race you like I'm going to race you like I want to be raced. And that's where I get with um, I understand block passing, but I think a lot of people that use it have crossed a line in, with using it. And that's where I get in with like if I'm committed to turn in, you shouldn't put your nose in there and try to take the position just because you can get your car rolled up and park it on the apex. So I think there's a lot of moves that go on like that in racing nowadays. And um, I typically notice it a lot in Formula One. Um, it's It started to come into IndyCar probably because we got, you know, lots of guys coming over from F1 or F2 or 3 who just couldn't get a seat in F1 and stuff like that. But <clears throat> I've noticed the style of racing in F1. A lot of the times you – and it's actually honestly just racing nowadays in general. People move into this, I'm going to throw it in. And you're going to have to give it up or we're both going to wreck. And it's, it seems to be a very commonly reoccurring theme. Um, and this kind of looked like one of those situations where he threw it in with the intent to either they were wrecking or he was getting the pass. Now, I mean, I don't know. You could say he that wasn't his intention. I've only watched a couple angles of it. But he, he threw it in, in a corner that's not typically great for passing. I, I know it's hard to pass at Long Beach, so you, you never know. Maybe there was frustrations built up. I mean, it was early laps. It was like we were like 20 laps of 85 in or something like that. I think it was 21. So it was, it was really early to be making a move like that. And I think the problem is just nowadays there's so much of that just, hey, I'm throwing it in whether you like it or not or – like block passing, for example, like you throw it in there and slam on the brakes, hit the apex. He can't pass you because he's going to break his wing if he rear ends you and moves you over or something like that and uh, proceeds on with his day. And it's seems to be a big thing. Racing room seems to be a thing of the past nowadays. Uh, look at F1. They run each other off the track all the time. It's it's common. It's normal. It's literally how to race. Um, I, I like Max Verstappen, but he drives people off the track sometimes, and it's all the time. It's it's hard to watch. I can't lie. Like I'm not his number one fan or something crazy. He's just you know someone I enjoy watching. I think he's got a lot of talent, but at the same time, um, when he does stuff like that, it's it's really hard to support. And I I've seen a lot of that carry over um, into IndyCar now. Uh, you're seeing it more and more often, um, even in other series. It's just I don't know why. There's just no. Respect no anymore. I, see, I take it as a lack of racecraft almost. Yeah, you could call it that. I mean, you could call it racecraft. You call it just respecting each other, like yeah. being sportsmanlike. It's just that it seems like everybody's too um, not self-centered. There's a better word for it that I can't think of right now. But there's every, everybody's too focused on themselves right now. Like they're just like, you know, I'm going to throw it in. I don't give two about the other guy beside me. Yeah. I And I, well, that's where I, I grew up with the... It's the passing car's responsibility to get around the car in front of them cleanly. That's that's where I was going with racecraft. I mean, 
when I say that, it's, it's just a lack of, I mean, you've got the talent. He's good enough to go, get around the guy. Why can't you do it clean? I guess that's where I was coming at with Racecraft. It's just a lack of, you're, I don't know. It's just It just seems like it's the easy thing to do, you know? It's easier to turn with four tires or eight tires than four yeah. tires, you know? I feel that if he would have waited after that turn, entered the turn, he would have had the speed off, definitely would have pushed the pass. He would have got around him before um, turn nine. No, I like Pato, but and and I think also like if you want to go into the journalism side of things, I think that he's just really hungry. Oh, I agree. You I, know, two second places, and he's just we saw that from Colton Herta the last couple of seasons too, like this kind of like like young Padawan, you are not ready, like <laughs> yeah, pushing hard. Yeah. But I think we have our most controversial thing to talk about in all of IndyCar that's happened. And I think this gets into the kind of goes back into our topics with Formula One two weeks ago when it comes to like their safety crews. We had a local caution in turn one where dry car people are on the track pulling a car off the track to restart a stalled track. A stalled track, a stalled car. And yeah. I don't know how I don't think that's safe. Like they did it and they got it done, and I was like, that was pretty impressive. But that was a little that's a little too ballsy for me. Well, turn one. I mean, that's that's a very, very uh common area for people to use the runoff. You've got a car that's not like down it, it was like sideways there. A guy runs out. Pushes it from the front. A couple guys grab it from the back. They pull it back where it's you know they can get back behind the wall to restart it, and then they restart it. He takes off, but you gotta do more than a local yellow there in my mind. It's crazy dangerous. I don't know how IndyCar's local yellows truly work. We know how they kind of work in F one. Where does that caution start, and where do you start slowing those cars down? But you you have no like rule to manage the guy's speed through there. I t- I don't know if you do. I mean, the full yellow should have came out. That's the problem. I mean, that's just hands down. So I don't. I'm just I don't know how they do their caution their local co- yellows, but I don't. They just I think it's just uh, by driver, is it not? That's how I, I would know. assume it is. Yeah, I mean, Antonio's a big rule rule guy. I don't know if he knows how he does their local I've never read their rule book. I'll find it. Yeah, I I think it's just... I, I think it's just, you know, judged by the teams. It's, I out loud said when I saw that, hey, that guy's on track with cars on track. Like, <laughs> hey. As a Formula One fan, I've been trained to go, hey, that's not right. <laughs> If there's dirt on the track, we usually have a caution. Yeah, I know. I mean, I don't know. I think it could have been safer, but again, back to my point earlier, with the roll cage, did did it did the roll cage save his life or not? Yes. Like the AMR safety team with IndyCar got. They that are trained turn. professionals. They're trained professionals. Yeah. They are not volunteers that don't know how to use a broom. <laughs> um <laughs> They got the car turned around. The car got started and got back out on track. And they saved a full course caution. They saved all of the, you know, pageantry that we get in Formula One when a car goes into the gravel. Like, oh, everyone stop. Like, signs messed up. Sorry. 
it's all it's all good until Pato Award decides to make some stupid move into one and send the car at full speed right into that car and like four guys stay. Yeah, I, I do know that. in their rules that there is no <laughs> passing on local yellows. That's that's like Which a standard standard racing rule. And my question is I never saw a car come through T one. I know some of our camera angles weren't that great. They could have seen a sixty second gap. I know that's not, that's a lie because they're running one minute lap. They could have seen a thirty second gap. That they could get on the track yeah. and get the car moved. What's your, what's your call, Antonio? Yeah, so the only thing I found is Article 7.1.3.1.1 of the Sporting Regulation. Oh, so that was the wrong one, actually. 7.1.3.2 of the IndyCar Rulebook says, Road slash street courses, local yellow. All drivers shall demonstrate caution as defined by the criteria set forth. And Medford is another rule that just defines what a local, like a, what a standing yeah. yellow and a waving yellow means, which for anyone who hasn't raced, standing yellow just means, uh, you know, caution is like coming up. Usually they'll do it like the sector before the actual yellow's in, and then there'll be a waving yellow in the sector that there is the actual caution just to signify like, hey, heads up because I'm coming up. And then, hey, there's something in this sector, like be careful. Um, anyways, so, and then from there it says, uh, and be prepared to stop. Overtaking is not permitted between the first yellow condition and the subsequent green condition. Any driver passing through a local yellow condition in practice or qualifying will have that lap time invalidated. And that is it. I like that, by the way. Hey, that invalidated thing, that should, F1 should use that. Because I know there's always issues with, uh, sorry, not to change the topic, but I know there's always issues with, uh, oh, did he lift for the local yellow? Just invalidate the whole lap if there's a yellow. I like that. That makes sense. Yeah. Anyways, that's what it says. I don't know so, if that yeah, answered the question. That, I wasn't really listening. I think that goes on to my point is if you're just coming through there by yourself, you're going to try to gain as much time through that area as you can. So you're probably still coming into T1, not hot, hot, but still could be hot enough to make a mistake. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It was kind of a sketch move, but is what it is. Um, nobody got hurt. It was good racing, no caution. They got away with it, and I, I did like. They got multiple cars restarted during the race, while uh, without causing total chaos. And it was—I don't remember who it was—but on the backside of the track, another car stalled out next to the wall, and they were able to like jack it up, pick it off, the, pick it up off the ground, get it started. I think it was under safety car, but they still did it really quick, and the car stayed on the lead lap. Wasn't what it? Was that Castro Nevis got restarted after he hit the wall? I think that was it. And, and then Scott Dixon, I think, had they had to restart Scott Dixon and pull him out of the tires, and he didn't even go a lap down. I'm a huge fan of the AMR safety team. If you've never watched their like YouTube videos, and they 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 have like a little mini mini documentary out. I actually think it's on Amazon. Maybe if one should hire them, maybe. But those guys are great. Like they. I don't know, man. Uh, all of the you can tell that they are professionals. They're absolutely professionals. So, I'll, well, you, I'll if you look the, at it, every major series in America, IMSA uses them, NASCAR uses them, IndyCar uses them. Yeah, they're great. And so, like, I don't know. I mean, I I totally understand those. Like, what if a car did go off there? But I don't know. I'm I like it. I honestly like it. I think. I feel like the, the the pro can take risks that the volunteer shouldn't ever take. And I'll, dude, I'm volunteer. I'll save you. Also, no. AMR you, safety team, if oh you're listening, gosh. you can sponsor us. Yeah, 
Lab Zero podcast sponsored by. <laughs> All right. You can pull me out of my car any day. We're cheap, bro. Just give us like a hundred bucks a month and we'll be happy. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think I think if we're driving if we're driving metal boxes around at you know, whether whether it's whether it's ninety miles an hour or hundred and ninety miles an hour, or in IndyCar's case, two hundred and thirty miles an hour. Oh my god. But uh like it it doesn't really matter. I, I don't feel like the line should be injured or not injured. Like it should be dead or not dead, unfortunately. If we're gonna play this sport, it, like skydiving, if we're gonna play this sport, that should be the criteria. Like dead or not dead. If you can if you can get driven away from a crash in an ambulance, that's pretty good. If you can walk away from a crash, that's phenomenal. And like the guy in Lemons or, um, you know, uh, anyone, Grosjean, anyone that's been in these crashes lately, to see them walk away is great. Unfortunately, the one of the only holdups I have, and we were talking about NASCARs earlier, is that all other racing series have seemed to manage head injuries other than stock car racing. So I would like to see that improve. Um, cause we have seen multiple concussions. Kurt Busch still isn't better. Like he still hasn't been cleared to get in a car. Um, and we see guys in formula one and Weck and stuff take hits that are way, way harder than the hits that we saw like Bowman take in Texas, like from the grandstands, even that looked like a tap on the butt. It didn't look like that hard of a hit. Um, so anyway, that's my that's actually my only holdup is I I would like to see the the debilitating head injury thing get resolved. But other than that, like if you can walk away from a crash like that, man, like I feel like that's pretty good. I think I think on your point, I I agree. I don't I wouldn't go to this the steps that you said like dead or alive. I think you know. We should always, no matter <laughs> whatever wreck we're watching, we should look to see, can safety be approved? Um, go back to Romaine's wreck at um, Bahrain. You know, how can we approve that car not bursting into flames? The assumption, I think the assumption of every racing series is that if everything goes correctly, everyone will go home to their families, Right. Right. I, the cars at all series, unless you're some grassroots back road, you know, lawnmower racing series. I think that all professional racing series, lemons too. The, like I said, the racing, the the safety standards in lemons are very high between your fuel cell, your five point restraints, where your five point restraints are connected to. How's your seat bolted down? There's so many different, you know, your roll cage is a whole chapter. Um, it doesn't matter what series you're in. There's a standard. And I think that if the assumption is that everything's going to go correctly, and if it does, everyone's going to go home safe. But whether you're walking down the road and trip on a stick and hit your head, or you're in a race car, sometimes shit happens. Exactly. You know what I mean? And like, you can't, you can't avoid that. So we just like, we can't make sticks on streets illegal. <clears throat> I don't think that we can go too deeply into the safety of racing under the assumption of everyone has to go home unscathed completely. Huh. I I, it, I think NFL, believe it or not, I'm going to say it. I think NFL is kind of a good example because um, they focus on, we don't want you to die. We don't want you to break your neck and we don't want you to get a concussion anymore. 
<laughs> mm-hmm. but but in my opinion like i mean those guys are slamming into each other extremely hard like for anyone they know what they're getting into yeah they know what they're getting Amen, into. brother racers know what they're yeah, getting for into. anyone who the reason we watch it is because all that it's it's the adrenaline yeah rush. if you went the and lined up against bill romanowski you know what you were getting into like or brian urlacher or any of these monsters of these human beings like you know that you could seriously injure yourself beyond repair but you still slap on that helmet but you slap on a helmet that's my point is like the assumption is the device is going to work the shoulder pads going to do their job if you have a cowboy collar would you know that's going to protect your neck from snapping back too hard when brian or when you hit you know jerome bettis face for face first or whatever like you protect yourself and so if we have good protective equipment and good trained people they think that's really key i think that we just go forward into the the blue yonder and race and the cars are going to get faster and eventually unfortunately just like every other way that things progress someone's going to die cars are going to get safer because of that you know and i think that whether it's dale earnhardt or anton hubert or or jules bianchi or any of these people that have you know given their life for racing literally in the last couple of decades like that is progression and it's the unfortunate sacrifice that the racing community makes to keep everyone else safe right so like i think we go forward with that and it's a model that works for me you know I agree, and I'm not the one dying though, so maybe I shouldn't. Say well, that. on my on my point, you know, I can sim race, and I know that I can race, and I'm not gonna die in my sim race. No, I could, but I'm not going to. The probability is really low, pretty low. In my race car, that probability is exponentially higher, and. You're not going to get that thrill, and Antonio can touch more on this. That's part of the thrill about getting in a race car. Like, it's like, I don't want to die, but, you know, going in some of these moves that we pull in sim racing too wide through some of these turns and almost touching and getting away with it, now put that into real life, it's a lot more, not, I guess, rewarding is what I'm going for, but... The adrenaline's a lot higher in real life than it is in the sim. It's better than choking on a chicken nugget in an office cubicle. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I don't know. I mean, unless you're into and that. you get paid <laughs> to do that. <laughs> yeah, without a doubt. There's more. Uh, without, without a sound of funny. There's, there's, uh, there's more stimulation to it. Like, you definitely feel more of what's going on, whether it's G-forces or just the vibrations of the car. Like it's a, it's quite different. It's quite different. You know what I mean? It's like Molly Shannon in Talladega Nights. I can feel. <laughs> yeah. And for sure. And you, I mean, even in the lower series, there's always, you know, there's the percentage is extremely low, but it's always there for sure. Like you definitely think about it sometimes here and there that like, Hey, you know what? I mean, I could potentially seriously injure myself. Uh, you know, beyond repair, or I might look at MotoGP die, potentially die, and it's you know, it's always there for sure. MotoGP, even if you're a, even if you're a Formula One, IndyCar, all of this stuff we talk about, you watch one MotoGP race and you're like, what the hell are these guys doing, bro? They're throwing their bodies, you know, eight to ten feet in the air at 160 miles an hour, and like, 
walking away from it pretty frequently. <laughs> Sometimes they don't walk away, but the race often stays green, which is also the trippy thing of it all is that it just like race stays green. These bikes are flying by people. It's nuts. And, um, they, I would say they would, they have lost the same amount of racers as open wheel series have in the last couple of years, right? They've only lost one or two in the total total last two or like the last decade so i think in a car you could probably go most of your career get all the way up to the pros without having just a huge wreck but i think in moto gp any wreck is oh my kind of God. a huge wreck because there's just no roll bar oh, right yeah. horrible no roll and that's a that's another time to bring james back in and let him talk on that yeah oh man yeah like how do you make a motorcycle safer you can't bubble wrap i don't know <laughs> They 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 put the airbags that when they like fall off their motorcycle they blow up. I yeah. don't know. It's wild. I don't know. I don't want I don't, I don't want racing to be sterilized totally. I think we want excuse me, we want everyone to be safe. I want everyone to go home to their family. I want to go home to my family when I'm done with my job. I work in a pretty dangerous industry and I I take safety very seriously. I'm the safety officer in my in my job. But like like, I take it pretty seriously. I mean, you know, protect your eyes, wear gloves. You know, if you're somewhere where something can fall on your head, wear a hard hat. If someone drops a 25-pound rebar from 30 stories in the air and it hits you in the hard head and the hard hat, dude, that's not going to do anything. What's a hard like, head? <laughs> it's a type of fish. <laughs> um, but, but like, yeah, I mean, it happens. I said it again. Um, yeah. And you can't you can't avoid that. You just got to keep racing. And um, and in IndyCar's case, just throw a local caution. Don't throw a red flag. <laughs> yeah. So so to touch on that, just to kind of wrap things up a little bit or start that uh, direction, the, we talk about safety and everything else. And then uh, was it the WEC, WEC race God. that a, that yeah. a Porsche ended up in, in, the seats. in the seats? Luckily, it was practice. No, no one, one was, was in the grandstands. But they could have well, been. God. Close to where the car landed. But yeah, that was it went horrible. Through yeah. the catch fence. Yep. Driver's so, okay. Even when you, yeah, driver's okay. Even when you make it the safest, though. I mean, it's racing, dude. You know what you're getting into. Even when you go to the races, you know. What are we yeah. gonna do now? Build a chance. concrete barrier where the safer the catch fence is, so the car can't go into the stands, but no one can see the race. I don't know. Yeah, like what do you? <sighs> no. What do you do? You it, take no. It away? You just so, you say have a sign a waiver. Yeah. You just say. <laughs> It is what it is. It. it happened. It doesn't happen very much, but it could happen. People are rad, Ooh. man. Humans are rad. Humans do rad things. Humans race cars. They jump out of planes. They climb big cliffs. They do rad stuff. And I think that's going to continue forever. So, I mean, you just got to have good, good roll bars, you know, good parachutes and good ropes and do your thing, man. Hope for the best. Uh. And I, I, guys like me, that aren't, I'm not a race car driver. I've skydived a couple times and I've climbed a lot of rocks. I think guys like Dale Earnhardt and I think guys like, um, uh, even guys who are pushing the mold. Um, you know, I, th I think guys like that. I, I, I am sorry that it happened. I'm sad that it happened, but they, they probably saved hundreds of lives going forward unknowingly. Um, and I think that's going to continue. And, uh, 
on Jules Bianchi's point and that incident, I think what we saw in IndyCar was a little different. Um, the weather was a lot fairer in Long Beach. Uh, there, I don't think that they were risking the lives of the drivers. They were lis- risking the lives of the marshals who were doing it voluntarily. Jules Bianchi had no control over that crane being there. Um, and I don't think that a driver would, maybe it could happen in a, in a strange universe, but I don't think that that put the drivers on track in more danger. And I think as long as we keep professionals on track, making decisions on the side of the track of when they can go on and sweep rocks or restart a car or whatever, and we keep professionals in the car that can safely drive around the track and know that those guys got us, right? I'm not going to come around the corner and there's not going to be a crane in the middle of the track. Like we saw with Pierre Gasly in the rain at Spa or whatever that was. Um, the Zook, I want to say. Yeah. Like where he came around the corner and there was a crane on the track, but the rain was so hard he couldn't even see it. They were under yellow, but still he was coming around to catch the safety car. It was very dangerous. Like as long as the drivers don't have to worry about their own safety other than what they can control, which is hitting the gas, hitting the brake, and turning the steering wheel, I think everyone just goes goes forward. And I think IndyCar does a wonderful job <clears throat> at that. And uh, and um, NASCAR does a does a pretty good job at that. I think Formula One it could do better. They got to get by, rid of volunteers. They've got to have higher by, staff yep, by having hired race marshals on the side of the track. That's exactly right. Some of them are hired, but you got to have you got to have AMR safety team caliber. I think they have a they, I think they have a touring group of marshals. Like I get this whole hire lo- local people. But, like, why not, if you can pack up 10 race teams and, like, 20 shipping containers on planes and fly them from Australia to Azerbaijan in 21 days, like, you can pack 80 other people along with you. Um, And if we have to cut the amount of espresso and bonbons we get in our catering to do that, I think it's absolutely the worth, you know, worthwhile. Wait, we get bonbons and espresso? Those bonbons are pretty lit anyways uh thanks for uh tuning in as usual um live zero podcast with the youtube out now um please join the discord seriously talk about this in our um general chat discuss all this stuff we want we want to hear y'all's feedback and y'all's opinion um tell us that we're that you don't agree with us but we want to hear y'all's feedback and what y'all believe too let us know what you don't want to hear. If 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 it's, you know, if you don't like it, we're going to say it anyways, but we do want feedback. <laughs> Hang out with us. Talk to us. We'll talk back. And, and we'll talk about race cars we'll talk that go Zoom. Because that's really why we're all here, right? We complain about stuff and we talk about whatever. But, like, we like watching race cars go Zoom around tracks. And we, we know we all have major opinions because we're all race car fans and every race car fan has their opinion. And we all like to express it. Oh, show. Anyways, thanks for tuning in. Um, Lab Zero podcast out. I don't. Is that? Is that? We'll see you next week. Lab thirteen. No, I didn't like. Put our hand in the middle. Thirteen. Thirteen coming up. Yeah. Yeah. One, two, three. One, two, three. Clap.
That's it. Just, just, just cut. We'll figure it out. Hey, our our producer's really good. He'll figure something out at the end. Hey, this don't you hope? 